0: Waiting for the next number on the scale to say we're okay enough, waiting for the next stream, the next house, the next step up, the next bend in the road finally makes us feel we've arrived at contentment. Forgive us, Lord, for our waiting room addiction. Addicted to always thinking we're in a waiting room. Counting down the days till we enter real life. When real life is happening right now. And you are the one waiting for us to give you thanks for the miracle of now. Wake us up out of our waiting room addiction.
1: I'm 25 days thankful for our baby's laughter.
0: I'm 15 days thankful that who I am is enough. And cure us with thanksgiving. I'm three months thankful for where I'm living right now. I'm 45 days thankful for my life now. Show us how we have room in our lives to give you thanks right now. I'm three weeks thankful that I have a job to provide for my family. I'm one day thankful the gift
1: of now. Sometimes we forget to uh, appreciate what we have. I'm six months, 15 days thankful that my baby girl is still with us. I'm 23 years, five months thankful that my wife is still here. Still with me, uh, I hope that that you 'll take seriously god 's instruction not even not even a suggestion, but a command that we are to worship the Lord and serve him only and I think it 's real easy for us to to um, uh, to forget that that God is sitting sitting on his throne that no matter what happens in our lives he he knew that was going to happen he 's not surprised by that. And, and he demands our worship, and his glory is the one thing that he will not share with you. You look in scripture, whenever someone stood up and beat their chest and said, look at me, God humbled them. But when someone bows before God, God raises them up. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And one of the ways that, that we just share our gratitude with God is to sing about him. Worship is, is telling what God has done in the past. It's telling what God is doing now, and it's, and it's proclaiming what he's going to do in the future. That's what singing is, and that's why we get excited about it. We think that, that music shouldn't be funeral music because we're not at a funeral, right? And, and when I die, I want, I want the music to be so loud that, that lights are falling out the ceiling, don't be playing that, because that'll be, you'll hear, some, you'll hear, and it could be today, it could be 10 years, I don't know when it's going to be. You're going to hear that Doug has died, but don't you believe it? I'll be more alive on that day than I ever have been in this world. And we just want to make sure we get as many people there, because I want that to be the, the ultimate family reunion in heaven. So the first way that, that we give thanks to God is by singing. Second way is by Praying. Um, today we're going to do what we're talking about. We're not just going to talk about this stuff and we're going to move on through this. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And and that verse contains one of the most difficult commands in all of scripture. Don't worry about anything. How many of you uh, follow that command every day? Let me see your hand. No one, no one. All right. Now... If we do the second part of the verse, though, the first part is easy. The second part is if you pray about everything. So if we would pray as much as we worry, we we wouldn't be worrying too much. Um, Some of you, as soon as I said that we're going to have this special offering in a couple of weeks, you were already worrying about what am I going to give on that day. And if you're worrying about what you're going to give, it means you hadn't prayed about it. And so if you'll pray about it over the next two weeks, you're not going to have any issues with what you're supposed to give uh, to the church on that day. Prayer takes the focus off of me and puts the focus on God. God says, don't worry about it. When you start worrying, you need to start praying. Then verse seven of, of Philippians four says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now is peace what you are feeling today? that's what's dominating your life? Everybody says, "Man, that is a peace-filled dude. That is a peace-filled chick." Maybe you don't call. It, I call them chicks and dudes. There's only two categories: chicks and dudes. There's big chicks and you know, okay, and big dudes, and that just means adults. That doesn't mean anything about physical. Well, if you want peace to be what's dis- what the, the describing word for your life, then there's a cost. There is a cost to experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding that exceeds anything we can understand and the cost is time and prayer. Anytime I'm worried, it ought to be a big fat warning light going off in my life that I'm not praying about something. And God wants you to be specific. He doesn't want you to just say, "God, I thank you for everything. God bless my life." Well, how do you know if he's answered? What is the blessing? He wants you to be very, very specific. If you need financial blessings, then you pray. God, give me financial blessings. But I would be even very specific. If I had rent due and I didn't have it in the bank, I'd be praying for that. You know, be specific because then you'll know when God answers. If you have health issues, then you talk about that. God wants you to be specific uh, in in all those things that, that we're requesting of him. And you know, whenever I say to Janie, I'm grateful for you, sometimes with those pretty blue eyes, sparkle in them, she'll go, What are you grateful for? Tell me. I'm like, I don't want (laughs) to. I'm just grateful. She wants me to be specific. She wants me to tell her what I'm grateful for. She wants me to tell her what I appreciate that she's done. She wants me to, sometimes she'll say, why do you love me? Tell me. I'll say, I just do. But whenever I start listing the ways... It makes my wife feel appreciated. Well, God's the same way. He wants to know how you bless him. Don't just say, God, I thank you. Give him ten things. God, here's ten things that I'm grateful for. And, And God wants to know not only that you're grateful, what you're grateful for, and he blesses grateful people. But here's on your listening guide: He does not bless ungrateful people. And that ought to scare us. Because I think most of the time we're ungrateful people. My kids, the absolute worst thing now, from their perspective, it'd be something else. But I'm going to tell you the worst thing that I could say to my kids is you ungrateful punk. And I've said that before. Because I've gone out of my way to bless them. And and then when they're not grateful, you know what it does to me as a parent? Now, this doesn't happen very often. but, But punk is like the lowest thing in my vocabulary and ungrateful that it's even lower. And if I call you an ungrateful punk, that means I have blessed you and you have failed to say thank you. I don't want a big thank you note. I'm not a thank you note guy. I just want them to say, thanks, Dad, and that's enough. And it makes me want to bless them in the future. If you do not thank your Heavenly Father for your blessings, He is not obligated to bless you. One of the elements of of faith is thanking God before you receive an answer. It's real easy to be thankful after the answers come. We wanna practice thanking God in advance. So today, as we're focusing on thanking God for all the good he's done in our lives, uh, I'm also aware though that, that not everything that happens in your life is good. And, and really there's two tracks. Never is your life all good or all bad. It's usually good and bad at the same time, right? Everybody agree with that? So we're gonna, we're gonna pray here in a minute. And, and in the midst of bad situations, we're going to thank God for the answers that are going to come. We're going to focus on what he's already given us, and we're going to say, God, here's the problems, and we're going to give you an opportunity to cry out to God and be specific what you're thankful for, but then what you are worried about, what God needs to, to step in and do something. So in this part of the service, we're going to pray. So I, I just want you to bow your heads for a moment, and we're going to practice this. First, I want you to be thankful for all the things that God has blessed you with. I want you just to make a list in your mind and say them silently to God. I am thankful for this, this, this. Rattle off as many as you can in the next 30 seconds. That's all right. He's not bothering us, he was just praising. Some of you are hurting today and and you need a miracle. You're hurting physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Some of you can't figure out which way God wants you to go. Some of you are having a crisis in your health. You need to cry out to God. I'm going to give you just a few seconds just to tell God what is it that is the number one concern in your life. It's okay if you shed a little tear. With heads still bowed, we don't, we don't normally do this, but if you need your church family to pray over you, you're struggling and you need God's direction or you need his provision, I'm just going to ask you to stand silently where you are with your head bowed. Sometimes we have you raise your hand. We, we don't usually do this. But as a sign of faith to God that I am standing before you asking you to do miraculous things, would you just stand wherever you are? Father, as a church family, we pray for these who are standing. God, they have special needs in their lives. We don't know what they are, but you do. You knew their need before they stood up today. Would you help them feel the love and the prayers of their church family around them? God, you know our hurts and our fears. You know our struggles and our sins, our loneliness, our grief, our physical pain. For those who are standing this morning that are hurting, may they experience relief. For those who are separated in conflict with a loved one, may they, may they find restoration and reconciliation. For those who are sick, may they experience healing of their bodies and healing of their souls. For those who can't seem to break a habit, may they experience release. For those who are depressed and discouraged, would you give them restored joy? We pray for those standing this morning who are struggling financially, would you give them your provision miraculously, God? God, For those who don't know what to do, help them to know your will. Make it clear to them. For those who may feel guilty and ashamed and under a burden, may they know the freedom of forgiveness. And God, if there's one standing this morning who does not know you, who needs salvation, may they experience your son, Jesus Christ, and be adopted into your family today and call you heavenly father. Thank you for the good you've done in our lives. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that you hear our prayers. And thank you in advance for the answers to these requests. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. may be seated. So we thank God, God by singing. We thank God by praying. And we thank God by giving. Psalm 50 verse 14 says this. Give an offering to show thanks to God. Give God most high what you have promised. 2 Corinthians nine eleven says, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. When I was a kid, I remember driving around. My brothers are, are 14 and 12 years older than me, and so they would drive me around places. I got to ride in, in cars without mom and dad much younger than, than a lot of my friends. Um, and I remember there was, there was a bumper sticker that said, honk if you love Jesus. And, you know, as a kid, I thought that's kind of funny. And, you know, I'd say, why aren't you honking? <laughs> you know, to my brothers. But there's actually a better... Um, Bumper sticker that came out later, it's actually several years ago now, but it came out later, it says, if you love Jesus, tithe, any fool can honk. Some of you may get that on the way to the car. (laughs) 3,000 years ago, um, an entire nation did what we're going to do in a couple of weeks. They took an offering to build the very first temple to God. God's chosen people the Israelites they came together and David prayed and he said you just give what God lays on your heart to give and they took up what what to this day is the largest offering given in the history of the world. In our day, if you added all of this up, it would be about $400 million came in on one day as these people gave freely to God so that they could build the first temple that the nation of Israel had ever had. And after that offering, David, their king, stood up and he prayed this prayer, uh, an amazing prayer, and, and it's and it's what I'm expecting us to do after our offering in a couple of weeks. First Chronicles 29, 13 says this. Now our God, we thank you. These things did not really come from me and my people. So David's saying, even though we gave them to you, we recognize that they came from you in the first place. Everything that we have is yours. Everything comes from you, he said. We have only given you back what you gave us. Lord, we have gathered all this to build your temple but everything has come from you and everything belongs to you. You test people's hearts and you are happy when people do what is right. I am happy to give all these things and I gave with an honest heart. Your people gathered here are happy to give to you too and we rejoice to see their giving. They didn't give out a grudge, they didn't give out a pressure, didn't give because somebody forced them to, reluctant heart, any of those things. They gave out of gratitude and their giving was was the result of a, a spirit of thanksgiving in the whole nation. And when you give with gratitude your giving becomes an act of worship and on december 14th we're gonna we're gonna have a special time at the end of the service where we ask people to give to our to our building fund we're gonna have the lord's supper we're gonna celebrate what god has done at the end of the service and and i hope that you'll be here that day so we sing we pray we give number four we share a testimony isaiah 12 4 says thank the lord praise his name Tell the world about his wondrous love, how mighty he is. Now, some of you hear about testimony and you're not sure. Now, testimony is not what a lawyer does. A testimony is what a witness does. You're not trying to convince anybody. You're not trying to pressure anybody. You're just saying, here's what happened to me. I saw this. I did this. Um, This is what was going on in my life. And here's the thing. Nobody can give your testimony except you. You're the authority on your life. And if you don't give your testimony about what God has done, it will never be shared with the world. In all of history, your story won't be told because you have not sat down and told it. One of the best things you can do is is write down what God's doing in your life. And and I want to share in the weeks ahead. In fact, um, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to share some testimonies. And then on the 29th, is that right? December 7th, 14th, 21st, 28th. On the 28th, I want to share some stories of how God has worked in you all. And if you want to share your story, put it on video. Um, you notice we use a lot of video here. I've been in churches where where the preacher gave up the mic and he never got it back. <laughs> so we like to put stuff on video because I'm a control freak. Not really, not really, I'm not, But but... But a lot of folks don't want to share their story, and you need to hear their story. They're afraid to stand up in front of you. Janie would not. Janie'd rather vomit than stand up here. But I can trick her if I cover up the little flashing light on the thing, and she doesn't know it's on. We've gotten some great videos of my wife before when she didn't know we were videoing. And, and anyway, so Deuteronomy four nine says this, be very careful to never forget what you've seen God doing for you. May his... May his miracles have a deep and permanent effect upon your lives. Tell your children and your grandchildren about the glorious miracles he did. Notice it says that God wants you to never forget. You know what our big fat problem is? We don't remember. We forget how God worked in our lives yesterday. And so we worry tomorrow because we forgot what he did yesterday. The best way to remember is write some stuff down, and if you'd be willing, you can put that on your card. If you'd be willing to be videoed for a testimony of what God's done in your life, let me know, and we'll, we'll video that. God pours out his, his power in the lives of people who are thankful. Um, there's, a, there's a story in the New Testament, one of the best examples is in Acts chapter 16. It tells us Paul and Silas, two preachers, went to Philippi and and in in preaching this is this is the story that was going on they were going around telling everybody about what God had done. You need to turn to Christ. You need to turn to Christ. They didn't even have a synagogue in Philippi at this point because there weren't enough people. You had to have like 10 um, men, Jewish men, to start a synagogue. And so they didn't have enough people, so they're preaching. Well, this slave girl who is demon-possessed is following them around. The owners of the slave girl used to use her to tell fortunes and things like that, and they made a fortune off of her. So she's following them around, and because she has a demonic being inside of her, she's calling out she's going... They're, they know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're prophets of the Most High God. You should listen to them. It's kind of funny to me that even the demons, you know, are, are subject to God's Spirit. And so it says she followed them around, just annoying, annoying, annoying. And finally, Paul turns around and he, and he commands the demon, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out. Well, the demon comes out. Well, what happens to her slave owners? What happens to their fortune that they're getting? No more fortune. They got hacked and so they take, they drag Paul and Silas before the authorities and they say, these guys are teaching things that it's not lawful for us Roman citizens to do. Let's beat them. So they got sticks and they drug them out and they beat them mercilessly and then they threw them in jail. Now, let me ask you, if you're going around sharing the testimony and somebody accuses you and they beat you with sticks and they throw you in jail, what are you doing in jail? Because it says they even attached them to stocks. You know, they were, they were chained up. You know what they were doing at midnight? They were singing and praising God. And in the midst of this, the Bible says that there was an earthquake so great that that all the doors in the prison flew open. All of the chains fell off of the prisoners. And the the jailer saw this, assumed everybody was gone, takes out his sword and is going to take his own life because if you're a Roman jailer and you lose one prisoner, they kill you. And so he's just about to take his life and Paul goes, whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We're all here. And the Bible says that because they're all there, because what do you think? If, if all the doors of a prison open, what are the prisoners going to do? No joke that the worst prison in Haiti, the day of the earthquake in Haiti in 2010, the worst prison right in the center of Port, Port-au-Prince was damaged so badly that all the prisoners ran and they didn't find them for years sometimes. But in this jailbreak nobody left and so the jailer walks in and it says with fear and trembling he falls down before Paul and Silas and they share their story and the guy gets saved right there in a jail cell midnight he takes them home and he begins to bandage all of their wounds care for their wounds and all of his family gets saved that night you know what they did after that they immediately got baptized that night that's pretty amazing. These guys beaten. It's kind of funny. Read the whole story because the rest of it's funny because the magistrate, you know, tries to send them away quietly the next day and Paul goes, oh, no, 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 no. We're Roman citizens. And, and see, it was against the law to beat a Roman citizen. And oh, it's sweet. He made him walk him and Silas out. Is pretty cool. Great story, Acts chapter 16. But here's the point that I want to make. That... The power of thanksgiving has the power to free you from whatever prison you're in. Quite honestly, most of us are in prisons of our own making, our own choices. Whether that's in a relationship that is a dead end. We don't know how to get on with the relationship. We don't know how to get out of the relationship. Whether that's some type of drugs or alcohol that we are addicted to. Whatever our addiction is, thanksgiving has the power to set you free. Some of you are in debt. Some of you are having relational prisons. It's time for you to be thankful to God. Whatever prison you're in, I want you to be thanking God. Thank God in the situation before the answer comes, before the problem's gone, because when you thank God in that situation, he he turns loose his power. Now, we're going to pray in just a second and be dismissed, but I I just want to tell you real quickly about um, our three baskets and get you to fill out your registration card. We have three baskets at the back. One is our joy basket. It's where we give our tithes and offerings. Um, if you uh, want to give online, you can do that as well, nlccp.com, and there's a little giving box, and, and you sign up for that. It's real quick and easy to do. There's another basket, your registration card basket. I get a ton of information off that. Here's what I want you to write down. We talked about there are, there are four ways to give thanksgiving to God, singing, praying, giving, and sharing a testimony. What I want you to do is I want you to write down which one of those you are most, um, w- is most natural to you to worship God and then I want you to write down which one is least natural, the one you struggle with the most and just be honest with God and with me. If you have prayer concerns, you put that on there and if you, um, if you have answer to prayers, I love to, to read about that. And then one more thing I want to ask you to write on the back. If, if, God, if God places this on your heart, I will pray about what to give on December 14th. Because here's the deal. If you feel pressured, or if you feel guilty, that is not of God. We don't want to guilt anybody into it. And in fact, I, I don't, I don't want to ask you to do something that I would not myself do. So I, I'm giving and, and I wrestled with the Lord about whether or not to even tell you the amount that I'm giving. I've never done it before, but I feel like God wants me to tell you that I'm supposed to give 10% of that 20000 So my family will be given $2,000 to purchase this land. And, and oh, my gosh, I, I don't, I'm not doing that at all. So somebody goes, look at that. No, I, I want to vomit before telling you that. But I felt like God wanted me to tell you, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I won't sacrifice for myself. And so I want to ask you to pray. And if God says you don't give a dime, you don't give a dime. But if God says give, you be faithful. Because I just know God's going to do some amazing things that day. Let's pray together and be dismissed. Some of you are slaves to bitterness, anger, worry, doubt, loneliness. I want to challenge you that when you leave today to begin thanking God in the midst of it, not necessarily for the pain, but, but for what God's going to teach you and show you through that pain. Instead of looking at what you've lost, I want to challenge you to look at what you've got. And you thank God for what he's going to do and you watch a miracle happen. And if you've never invited Jesus to come into your life, I want you just to pray this quietly where you are, silently where you are. Jesus Christ, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you that you've promised to forgive me if I admit that I need your forgiveness. Today, Jesus Christ, I ask you to come into my heart and life and I thank you that you've promised to do that and that you've promised to adopt me. In Jesus' name, amen.